Hello, and welcome everyone to another episode of the Culture Nerd Podcast. This is our second episode of the week in succession schedule, so you're going to see us every week, so get used to it. This episode, we're going to sit down and talk about, honestly, what just happened this morning. Uh, Dan Lin apparently is not taking the job at at DC Studios. He was lined up to be chief. He was going to take over. He had big plans, and talks fell through at the very end. Turns out, they talked about salary, they talked about vision, they talked about everything, but the strings that they required, he didn't want to do. Turns out, it's going to be kind of a weird thing, but it also shows their hand for what's happening. So let's jump right into it, everyone, and thank you for joining us. So. Are we big liars? Are we big liars? Did we do a whole show about a lies? Is Are we living in a world no, of lies, no. Taylor? <laughs> So what basically happened, um, sounds like the the breakdown happened just in between our last two shows. Like, everything was ready to go. As you know, in Hollywood, they don't announce things like this unless it sounds like it's ready to go. That's where I'm asking if we're liars, because I was like, if I thought this was at the touchdown mark. Yeah, it was. It was at the touchdown mark. But turns out, at the very last second, there were certain things that they required that he just didn't want to do. Uh, you mentioned two other things. So he was down with the salary. He was like, oh yeah, this will compensate me. What was the vision? Has he talked about what they thought about or was that what we were talking about last time? It was kind of what we were talking about last time. Um, Honestly, there's a lot of stuff that uh, they talked about with what to do with this 10-year plan, essentially. Okay. Um, Yep, and then thanks to Ryan, yep, it happened on Friday. So we had our show on Tuesday, three days later, talks dissolved. (laughs) And here it goes. And why did they dissolve? That's the big thing. So this morning, around about maybe 10 to 11, super yeah. early, um, they announced uh, Boris Kitt and uh, Aaron Couch over at uh, The Hollywood Reporter. They dropped the news that basically what came down to it was that his – basically it was his commitment to his current production team. Uh, he has a current oh. production banner called Rideback Productions. Uh, it has a few other details of, with like nonprofits, a few other things. Long story short, uh, it didn't mesh well with what they were wanting to do. Um, essentially, he would have had to give up a lot of those details, a lot of those things to take over this gig. And that's kind of what happened was that he didn't want to let it all go. And to me, that right there is the biggest kicker is if, say, for instance, a lot of people on the Internet, a lot of scoopers are saying, oh, Zack Snyder has met with them. Zack Snyder is going to take over, blah, blah, blah. Like none of that is true. Not a single bit of it is true. I've. I talked to somebody as early as three hours ago, asking them 100%, hey, has Zach spoken to anybody? And they're like, no, he's busy with Netflix. He's happy with Netflix. That's still the most recent thing. Um, basically, what they were requiring of him was to basically let go of his production company. And sounds uh, sounds like uh, he didn't want to let it go. And so anyone who takes over, right? So I could see to- that though. He built something there. Yeah. He knows that he's employing a bunch of people. They're going to work on all of the projects they want to work on to walk away from that would leave it directionless, which is probably not true. There's probably other good people there, right? But he's obviously a, the big guy there. So yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. And um, apparently CNBC reported after this, they confirmed flat out that uh, Lynn is 100% no longer in contention for the job. So they completely backed out. There's no silver lining that he could come back. There's nothing like that. Like that's, that's it. Um, it's kind of crazy. Is this the worst job in Hollywood? 
Is this a position that we're going to hear? Are we going to now hear five more names get thrown about that are going to be, oh, they're pretty close and it's going to fall through and up. Oh, they're pretty close and it's going to fall through. Well, isn't that the weirdest part about it? Right. I mean, you have, um, you have, let me see uh, right here. And they were committed to other things could have had a stake in it, but one of those uh, hadn't got the cash money. Yeah. So a um, lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. Uh, Ryan, uh, again, Ryan, anytime you want to pop on here, I will send you a link right now. If you're mowing the lawn again, you can take a break. <laughs> hey, you just have to mute us in between your blades uh, yeah. cutting the grass. But no, um, the, the reality is that this the situation, they can't really juggle like all those hats. And, and people are like, oh, Zach's going to take over. Zach owns the Stone Quarry production team. If there were some of the, the things that broke up this deal would have been, oh my God, seriously, I'm legit mowing the lawn again. Ryan, this is his weekly routine. This is what he does. We yeah, kibitz he, and he mows the lawn. He pops on and mows the lawn as he, we're. He does a lot uh, of these things. He does a lot of like, oh, there's a squirrel. He says that a lot. All right. Well, I'm going to send you the link anyways, Ryan, because uh, one of these days you're going to just be like, okay, fine. And pop on. All but, sweaty and manly and ruggedly from being outside. So the reason why I want to get Ryan on here is because Ryan actually spoke to Dan Lynn. He's actually, uh, Ryan, long story short, has a long history with, with uh, Warner Brothers as a whole. He's worked on DC properties. Um, when he went down to Warner Brothers, the Burbank lot, uh, Dan Lynn was actually the guy who toured him around the lot. So he actually knows him, um, which it's such a bummer because I was actually really looking forward to it. I, I really liked the idea of, of Dan taking the gig. I liked uh, everything he was uh, presenting with what he did with uh, Justice League Dark. And it kind of just seems like it sucks. But uh, like I said, with this whole situation, um, if someone like Zach or Debbie were to come in and take over the gig, which is why it's so unlikely, is because they would have to let go of the Stone Quarry. They would is have to let go of their production company. outside of Hollywood who's in DC publishing? And I know that these things are supposed to be, you know, separate and they, you know, they interact with each other, but they're supposed to be. Why not get somebody as, you know, the editor-in-chief of DC looks at all the stories and makes sure that, you know, everything kind of works together. Why yeah. can't we send somebody from that side to think about this universe that way? Because and and honestly, last time that, that happened, want? last yeah. time that happened, Jeff Johns came in and fucked up Justice League. Mm. Like, that's the reality is that um, a lot of these people are really good at what they do in the corner that they're in. But the moment they make that transition, unless they've had prior experience in it, it just doesn't work. Jeff Johns never made the, the healthy transition to, to film and TV. And when he started making that transition, it it went downhill fast. Okay. So then I, I know that <clears throat> we talk about uh, the head of Marvel all the time, right? We talk about Kevin Feige, but where does John Favreau fit in that conversation? Because I feel like he's had his paws on so many of these great things. So John Favreau... Who are the great directors who aren't doing anything that we could be like, all right, J.J. Abrams, here you go. Here's your 10-year thesis that we're going to give you. What would you do with Superman and Batman? So, I mean, right now the guy who's running DC is, is Jim Lee. And Jim Lee, uh, despite the fact that he runs DC's creative outlet, he he's also still drawing comics for them, which is pretty rad. Um, he doesn't have any possibility. But, you know, I want to bring someone else in uh, to bring into the chat. Um, I got my buddy Dawson here from the Four Nerds, uh, nerdy in many ways. 
uh, I want to hear what you have to say about this because this whole thing is insane. Because, uh, like we said earlier, uh, this deal was at the one yard line, mm-hmm. and it's no different than the Super Bowl when he chose to throw it or he chose to run it, and for whatever reason they fumbled before they could do either. And that's what happened here. I was just about to say that exact same thing. Russell Wilson threw it, the slant, and it didn't quite work. Got picked yeah. off first and foremost. Hi, Michael. Nice to meet you. At least Hi, Dawson. You. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure as well. It's good to see you again, Taylor. Yeah, you're um, but I-, I wish I could say I was surprised by the news today about Dan Lynn. I wish I could. Um, but at the same time, like, as a DC fan, what else is new? Right. Yeah. I mean, what right. else is new? Nothing what goes according new? to plan. Not since 2017. And be- even before that, what's up, Andre? Andre got to shout him out with uh, all the work he's doing for Project Justice League, the ultimate cut right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I just know for a fact, and I've already seen some of this. I already know for a fact that some people are going to start blaming the Snyderverse fans or, or you know, all these people for not driving him away. Not a single bit. I know. I had to go on Instagram. Really? Like, people were like, oh, this, the scoopers are saying this. The Snyder fans had absolutely nothing to do yeah. with this. Nothing at all. I mean, even you see in like the uh, posts about it where they say like, oh, well, communications went down. It was all about the value that Warner Bros. Discovery saw in Dan Lin's production company. Like it was nothing to do with that. Yeah. And I know some people said it as a joke, like, oh, they drove him away. But at the same time, like, you know, some people are going to try to place that blame. But it's clearly not that situation. No, to me, what I feel like this is what we have now is for better or for worse we have Zack Snyder entering this notoriety that is almost very similar to what Donald Trump went through. Now we have, we have anti people that are and Snyder derangement syndrome. And then we have like crazy <laughs> hardcore Snyder fans who are like, everything must be burned to the ground unless Snyder gets over it. Like they just want to make DC great again. I see it on their head. They just want to make DC great again. Insane, there was so many right? good years, but they just want to make <sighs> DC great again. And oh, mind you, DC was the ones that started, comic books like some yeah. comic book movies like superman was the movie for uh, like question. three decades the snyder team if they had their say who would they want running this who are the people that they would would know they'll bring zach in whenever they want to but they'll also have these other visions who do they like i mean realistically i think that like someone like alan horn if he wasn't like on the the edge of retirement he would have been fantastic yeah um but uh, I always keep pitching uh, Chuck Roven because to me, anyone who takes over this gig has to be kind of bipartisan in a way. Um, you can't, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, I love Snyder for what he did. I love everything mm-hmm. that he did, but Snyder has a very distinct view of DC. Right. And that doesn't work in the broad scale of everything because you have a creator that make works one thing. And then you have on the flip side, you have Michael Uslan who hated Snyder's work and, but did a lot of great work with the animated stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need to find someone who's literally worked across all of it and supported all of it. And to me, that the only person I ever think who's currently there is Chuck Robin. And to uh, me, like I think about forever. it, it's hard for me to think of a name because what they're trying to do is they're trying to find their own Kevin Feige. And Kevin yeah. Feige is an absolute admirer of the comics, especially Marvel Comics. It's the reason why he's been able to make the MCU as successful as it was, you know, despite the fact that some of the most recent stuff hasn't quite been great. But overall, he's developed something that no one's been able to do before because of his love of the source material and understanding that each of these characters require different tones and all of that, even though a lot of the same cliches end up happening. But as far as DC is concerned, I don't really know who could be a DC version of that. I really don't know. I mean, you guys mentioned Jim Lee earlier, but he's I I think he's perfectly content with comics. I don't think he wants to step into the film world at all. I mean, I know I wouldn't. And it feels like you give up everything. 
because exactly I would love I would love someone like Kevin Smith, right? To maybe like have this idea and bring in some new blood, but there's no way a studio wants to do doing a podcast where he smokes weed every week. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they have to keep this world filled insulated because it has to meet, has to satisfy so many different people's needs. Right. To Andre's and comment. I'm, Andre, I'm Andre's just going like to say. <laughs> no, but the, I mean, the reality is that whoever they end up getting has to be someone who, um, like you said, is willing to give up everything to do this yeah. because uh, you lose right. the ability. They're not going to let you do projects. This yeah. deal shows to me that you don't get to do, right? It's the cliche in Hollywood. You do one, you do the one big movie a year, then you get to do the indie movie. They don't want you making indie movies. Yeah. You make what, DC what that, superhero um, movies. What was that movie? Like big movie, art movie. Like what was that movie where they made that like rant? Um, oh, oh, it's one of the good ones. It's one of the good. Uh, it's it's got to be something Kevin Smith, honestly. I it think probably it's was. Yeah, yeah, maybe. That's um, right to me. But then Ryan's coming up. Uh, it's got my guess is Belanti or Deluca, and I think honestly Deluca would probably be my pick. Um, mm. And I say this because um, I know a lot of people hate Berlanti because of what he did with the CW, but Berlanti has a long-standing history of succeeding in DC properties outside of the CW. True. Right? The C- the CW is whoever took over the CW is really like they did what they could with the pebbles that they were given. Absolutely. What is yeah. the budget of a CW show? We're not Pennies. talking about. Well, we're not talking I, I would about argue that heaven like... and Dawson Creek times, right? When television was in its heyday, CW today looks like they're you know they're eating McDonald's containers and stapling it on the wall sometimes. Yeah, that's I haven't ha- I haven't been a big fan of CW stuff since the early Arrow and Flash stuff. It's it's just been ugh, for me. Most of those shows um, peaked at season two and then just. Well, that's the out. pattern for CW, except for core <laughs> stuff like Batwoman and stuff. Um, most shows peak at like season one or season two, and then they're like, oh, let's keep this rolling and then have this most ridiculous stuff we can possibly think of in the show. And let's so listen to I, the Tumblr fans. Yeah, <laughs> and like. I think Berlanti shares some blame for that, but I, yeah. I I don't hate the guy because I think he had some good things going and he did do some successful things, like you said, Taylor. Um, and so I wouldn't hate him being the head of it, but at the same time, I wouldn't love it. Yeah. But- Is Ridley Scott too old to take over? Is that- <laughs> oh, oh, very much so. Very much okay. so. Much I love him, but very we much We can't so. have Wonder Woman fight chest bursters. That's not okay. <laughs> So it's funny because so a lot a lot of people in the comments were like, oh, not not JJ Abrams, not JJ Abrams. And I honestly, maybe maybe a decade ago, JJ would have been a good pick, but at the same yeah. time, uh, and the reason why I say this, because JJ Abrams, when he's allowed to control from the ground up, he makes some great stuff. When he um, actually plans, when he that's actually the plans, thing. yes. <laughs> when he's allowed to plan. Because yeah. what happened with Kathleen Kennedy and the, the Star Wars franchise was that he set up groundwork for a plan and they kept cutting him down at the knees. Then they brought in Ryan Johnson, who basically was like, I'm going to like, I like your idea. I like it, but I'm not going to do it. And then yeah. did his own thing. And then they didn't like what the, the other guy was going to do. So they cut that out and said, JJ, go back to what you did the first time. And he's like, so I have to retcon and continue. And you're giving me how much time? <laughs> and like, so obviously it was, and they put him under a massive deadline too, because the movie had yeah. a set release date. So yeah, um, is what it is. There's That's another much... reason why I think Jim Lee would absolutely not want to do that. Because no. in comics, no, you, you do have deadlines time. with comics, but like you have so much more free reign with comics. Whereas with like production studios and films, like I feel like that's in comic industry, you have a little bit of a, not tied around your wrist of things like restrictions like okay this is all you can do we'll pull you away in case but with 
films, it's much tighter. It's a much tighter knot around your wrist. I, see, I love what Ryan said. I think the thing to look at is on paper, what he did with DC and the CW, when all he had was $4 in a dream. Fair. I mean, that's true. I mean, Berlanti made basically DC very accessible for people. And like you said, look at Crisis 2019. That budget sucked. But they still pulled off some amazing stuff on that thing. And that's kind of the, the thing about the CW is that it is kind of perpetually a dumpster fire. But it's also it's also like a dumpster fire with want? a massive, tiny budget. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're able to what about pull off Frank Miller? With? What's Frank what? Miller doing? Mm, Frank Miller, I think the same reason that Zack Snyder wouldn't be the head is because much like Zack Snyder, Frank Miller is a very distinct and interesting view of DC as well. I mean, he's one of the main inspirations for Zack Snyder's way of looking at DC. And as much as I love Frank Miller as a storyteller, I think he's one of the most, if not the most influential comic book storyteller of all time. I think him as a head of it would be complicated because as much as I love him, he's got a lot of inconsistencies in his stories. And so I, I don't know how much I trust his, you know, his ability to do that, but he's also starting his own like, uh, publishing company, so I don't think he'd want to do that. He's doing what he wants to do with his own stuff. So, and like, forgive me if I'm wrong. I mean, getting Frank Miller to do this job would be like trying to get Alan Moore to do this job. Like, they have such a realistic yeah. view of everything, it's not possible. And didn't Frank Miller only direct like one movie? And was it The Shadow? Not The Shadow, the uh, what the hell was that oh. one called? Dark Man? Um, no, The Spirit. Oh, yeah. and that movie was so weird. I mean, yeah, I liked it for what it was, but it was also mm. like, okay. I know that movie is uh, no so good. That movie is not a good one. I do not talk about that movie in good company. Yeah. Plus, you talk um, about like Alan Moore. Like people call David Zaslav the like the axe of like Warner Bros. and all that. Alan Moore be that much more so. Like Alan Moore is very hard to please when it comes Alan, to stories. There's no pleasing Alan Moore. He can't yeah. even please himself. He hates everything. Like even when people adapt his stories into films, he can't even bear to be on the credits of the film because he's so particular about his story. Take my name off it. I hate it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there. It's like trying to find a presidential candidate. It's got to be an individual, thirty-five, got a couple years ahead of him, really get some ideas in there, and then they have Full to of hope, about not this. broken and, by the world, and yeah. someone yeah. that hasn't pissed everyone off. And it can't be Ryan Reynolds because he's again. They want to work on all their own stuff. So who are mm -hmm. these people? And <laughs> Sorry, I don't want coming. it to be The Rock. Ryan, you need to come watch David's asshole give David Bynoff and DB Weiss the job. After they ran Game of Thrones season eight into the ground, yeah, let's give them the, the, oh, the yeah. reins. I mean, aren't they still working? I mean, don't those? I mean, aren't they? They're doing something, but they're not doing anything with Warner Brothers right now, right? Okay, I'm... okay. I'm sure they are fine. I'm sure their bank accounts <laughs> are just fine. Yeah, I mean, they worked on Game of Thrones. They don't have to work another day in their lives. They really don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Is there anybody at Netflix that wants to defect? Is there anybody like? Is there anyone on that end that we could get to like jump ship? But that, I mean, that's the kind of the thing is that <clears throat> Hollywood is such a weird spot right now because we're in the, the post COVID world mm -hmm. where everything is really rocky. Streaming is really rocky um, because everyone put their money into streaming with the COVID and then they found out that it just didn't didn't really match. It's so and, funny how people were like, oh, streaming is the future. Streaming is the future. It's like you can't sustain that with my budget. It. You couldn't there's do not it. Enough, there's not enough content in the world and there's not yeah. enough content they can produce fast enough and there's only so much money you can charge people for streaming mm -hmm. services before people say it's not worth it anymore right 100 100 yeah. 
And it's funny because like I see a lot of names coming. Like, what about Christopher McQuarrie? Um, Christopher McQuarrie is literally the same situation as everyone else. You're like, he will not give up yeah. his writing ability, his his directing ability. He will not give any of that up to run a studio. Yeah. Um, what if? Same thing. What if we gave it? We have to let him do his final movie, but then he never gets to direct a movie. But Quentin Tarantino like just thinks about these stories, and he's the guy that runs DC. I don't want Gwen Tarantino anywhere near DC with the sole exception <laughs> of his pitch for the question. And that's all okay. I want from him. Yeah. Other right. than that, no. Um, his, I, I mean, his his movies to me, and we've talked about this at great length, Michael. Um, his movies for me are very hit and miss. Sure, I will yeah. love one movie and be like, why did I waste my time with that movie? Like his, he has this like rose colored glasses, revisionist history style of thing. And for uh, Once Upon a Time in... In Hollywood or whatever. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Once upon a time He's done it yeah. multiple times. It is the new genre of which he likes to live in. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Hold on. I'm trying to see. Yeah. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood was the last one he did. Yeah. And, and that what, one to me, that one could have been great if he didn't revise the history at the very end. I felt like allowing, changing everything in the last second was funny, it but it didn't work. It is a fairy no. tale. It's a fairy tale, he, yeah. He told, but you knew it was a fairy tale. It's called Once Upon a Time I in know, Hollywood. But I was still it hoping was that called... the fairy tale would have the true ending. I didn't expect him to like last second be like, "Oh, by the way, Sharon Tate lives." Oh, that's by the what way, allows like, him to bob and weave. That's what plays with your expectations. That's why the thesis of that movie like. is so great. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like Inglorious Bastards was funny. Oh, like, and Glorious Bastards like, was great. They just went into like, oh, by the way, we also killed Hitler too. So <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and the way they did it so brutally too. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is fair. It's it's Hitler after all. Yeah. Got it. I was like, well, I'm in his next movie, this. I'm sure he'll have Hitler show up in the third act. That way we can justify whatever murder happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But like, I'm seeing all these other names that come up. Uh, um. I don't think things. this is an enviable job. I think this is going to no. be tough, and I don't think they're going to. I think they're. I think they're in a rock and a hard place, and I almost want to give somebody a, a no-name person and just let them try, yeah. just let them do something because people have other styles, and it seems like they want this not Marvel style, but even the Marvel style now, it's like, well, what is it? Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's such it's, a weird thing. Right, it's like passable CG. Like, what is the Marvel style? I feel like and you're still figuring it out. You're absolutely right. Humor. It's not. It's not an enviable, enviable job whatsoever. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, in order to bring someone quality that knows what they're doing and has the ability to fix what is the DCEU at this point, you'd have to compensate them very well, give them a lot of freedom, and just basically promise, like, hey. I know there's things that are a mess right now. We guarantee you absolute creative freedom. We guarantee you yeah. that you, you'll be able to do whatever the heck you want. Because if they're going to like offer anything short of, of that, they're not going to find anyone that's going to be able to do a very good job. They're just right. not. So how far right. does this kick down the road production? Right? Oh, like yeah. so, every, so like further. the longer this takes, you know what I mean? It's going to be, it's going to be two years probably if we if they approve a script from the ground up i probably right. sure they have some scripts in the office that they really like and some stuff like that but i'm saying this person's all their fingerprints that's going to be a two-year process and so they like, want a 10-year plan from this head of dc and if they don't have a president yet that means i still don't have that plan in place exactly 
Which, and that's uh, what they, I keep trying to tell they people. They did have a plan, but it got canceled today at 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but no, even then, like, even if his plan was good, they can still move forward with it. Yeah. But the reality is that <clears throat> you brought up Marvel. Like, what Marvel, what Paramount was doing with Marvel, maybe. That's kind of what we want with DC. But yeah. what Disney has done with Marvel, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. It's crazy what a hit and miss it is as well, depending on the genre. Because I was totally into the uh, the Hawkeye show. That yeah. show I was totally fine with. But the same tone when put into the Miss Marvel show was a real miss with me. And for some mm. reason, that one felt like a it felt a lot like a Power Rangers episode. I had told that to Taylor a couple <laughs> of times. You brought that up a few times, yeah. A monster shows up, they get a new power, the team fights together, Zordon mm. tells them you're go, gonna go pull Power Rangers. That song would have been so good at that show, they just never got the rights. Yeah, yeah. like no, but it, and then and, and I'll say it. I mean, um She Hulk has been on TV for three weeks now. Um it's really fun. I still it, have yet to watch it. I've seen so many actually, clips no, that have no, just turned I mean, me off. To I'll, it. I'll probably get a lot of hate for it. I actually think it's a lot of fun. It's stupid, but the it's a worst lot of fun. Choice of the show is they allow her like Allie like to break the fourth wall, yeah, which is that, a silly choice. But the actual show, it's paced very yeah. well. I love the fourth wall breaking. I love in the episode three when she looks at the thing. She's like, "All right, I guess we're." She's like, "Don't worry, this isn't a a guest appearance of the week," and she's like. But on the first episode, we had Bruce. In the last episode, we had Blonsky. On this episode, she's like, oh, my God, are we becoming a guest episode of a guest of the week show? And she's like, oh, no. And, like, it cuts back to the show. I'm like, that was. I just, for me, like, one of the main reasons I haven't watched it yet is just because, like, a couple clips that I've seen. And also just the CGI. Good Lord. It's Um, so bad. Just the clips that I've seen, I'm just like, I can't take it seriously. I Like, I'm a very, like, I'm an artist. I'm a very visual-minded person. So if something doesn't impress me visually, I have a very hard time overcoming that. That's why I have a hard time with this new Rings of Power show because all the freaking elves men have short hair and visually <laughs> that bothers the freaking crap out of me because it's not right. Yeah. So. Well, no, I mean, to me, and, and Ryan brings up, yeah, you speak in one language more for time. Ryan, when are we going to do our Power Ranger show? We got to sit down and talk Power Rangers for an hour. You got to come on the show for some, for, at least for that. Um, But no, uh, with the Rings of Power, for instance, um, I, I kind of already answered a lot of people like, oh, what do you think of it? What do you think of it? I'm like, I okay, I love Tolkien's work. I have copies mm-hmm. of the Cimmerillion. I have the Hobbit. I have his unpublished poems. I have all that stuff. I love but this. Is it Tolkien's work? Exactly. And to me, <laughs> what makes this show so hard to deal with is that they they have his outline and they, they're touching all the bases with the outline. Sure. Mm-hmm. But they're also like not following it at the same time. And I'm like, I'm and watching it. I'm like, okay. A like, billion me, like, dollar fan fiction looks pretty good. Yeah. But that's like, what it feels you look like. at the it CGI doesn't... of the show, the CGI and the set pieces, they look like Middle Earth. The yeah. characters, though, don't. The yeah, only one that looks like weird. it to me is the uh, Durin. Durin's the only one that looks like, okay, this looks like Tolkien to me. Everyone yeah. else, and just like the woman that has a crush on the elf like warrior, she looks like she's wearing overalls and it's from like the 1930s. And then, like, the elfish warrior has, like, a fade haircut. And it's like, what elf is giving haircuts like that? What barber do they have in Rivendell? And, like, and then freaking... Uh, you have uh, no Lord... idea what Numenor offers these elves. Yeah. And, and Lord, is, and Lord Elrond... Stilalar, the stylish. Lord, and Lord Elrond is, like, a wannabe Steve Harrington in this show yeah. as a young kid. It's just like, what are you freaking doing? It's really weird. Um, But, like, I liked the intro to the first episode when they talked about, like... Yeah. 
Morgoth destroying the light. I'm like, that was straight out of the Cimmerillion. I loved it. Yeah, Valinor, Morgoth, like all that was I good. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then that you don't see Morgoth, and I'm like, oh, why don't we see him? What do you mean he's defeated? Okay. Yeah, Weird. it's sad. It's sad that <laughs> he's the, the hunger... greatest villain in Middle Earth, and you don't even show him. Yeah. Right. That the hunger is there for all of these things, but it is the execution. Mm. Um, and that we're gonna you're gonna get put in a weird position where because the rights just got sold, correct? Who bought them? Um, the Embracer Group bought them. Yeah, great. Which is weird. What are they gonna do? They're gonna do whatever the hell they want with it. That's what they're gonna do. <laughs> right. But no. And, um, and they get to get what, this beautiful example of what not to do. Right. Like they're just gonna see what everyone else hates and just do the opposite. Yeah. Exactly. And so what? And I think it's one of those complaints that I see a lot of people like, oh, why are there all these uh. Why are there black people in Middle Earth? And like, I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, I see your racist comments. I see it. <laughs> but I also see why this is an issue. And, <laughs> and I'm looking at it. I'm it, like, a very because. specifically weird issue. Because weird issue Tolkien's that- books are an allegory for things and countries that happened during World War II. Right, and right. he creates a whole world about it, which is why. This is a weird thing about it. I understand no, Hollywood's me. point of it because they have these people. These are the people yeah. that they've been casting out for five years. Of course, we're going to put them in it. But I also understand why the, again, this is not Tolkien. <laughs> what is interesting to me is like, because what it does is that um, they try to match, like they have Alan Shore doing the music. They try to match the the look of it from Peter Jackson. But then mm-hmm. by adding all of these, uh, by going like full on with, um, casting anybody and making a diverse cast, you then run into the wall where, okay, so in 2000 years when the, the Lord of the Rings happens, where's the diversity? Did they all just get ex- wiped out? Like you you open a can of worms that either A, the later stuff is now not mm-hmm. canon to this stuff, or B, something really bad is going to happen. Yeah, But also gets- there's an issue that I have with not just like, you know, either the hair or like the fact that yeah. some Dorvish women don't have beards for some reason. Um, it's the fact that you look at these characters and they're supposed to be ancient middle earth, like ages before the Lord of the Rings franchise. And yet it looks more modern than what the Lord of the Rings does. I mean, obviously with CGI and visual effects, it's going to look more new, but the set design, the costumes, the, the makeup and all that needs to have a certain look to where it's believable that the uh, progression of time is actually believable. Well, I think Taylor, I think Taylor, I think he showed your hand, not our hand, but I think he showed their hand. I think this leads into a totally new Lord of the Rings movie. Has I think be. that they're going to set up this world and mm-hmm. then this girl is right. She's the woman. She's going to then be in this next. They're absolutely going to do it. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. And maybe that's the revisionist history of Tolkien. And we get a Tarantino version of one of these right? movies where things are a little bit different, but it's like, I what is the end piece? Because you don't build... They've spent so much money on this. There's no way this is one thing. If you build these sets, you're going back to them. Yeah. And it's very weird because, like, I'm I'm looking at this, and, yeah, they kept a lot of the concepts the same. Like, the Belrog is the same, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, But I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right. um, Let's see what you do. Let's see what you guys do with it. Um, I will will rate it out. It just – it seems like because it is – it's going to be shows, obviously. We're going to go that route, and you're yeah. going to adapt things. What you're going to adapt, but it also feels a lot like um, the Watchmen show, in a way, where the Watchmen mm. show, it wasn't quite connected to the comics, but wasn't quite connected to Zack Snyder's. There's this weird middle ground, mm-hmm. but also it didn't really please anybody because it played neutral. 
you know? Oh, oh okay. People, well, I, th- I think people are probably show, split on right. it. There's there's some people that really love it, and there's some people that were really yeah, exactly. annoyed. I mean, like, what I mean is it didn't please anybody. It didn't please the fans. It didn't please across the board. Because it looked more like Zack Snyder's work. It didn't p- please the fans of Snyder's because it didn't follow any of that. Yeah. Um, whoever they were trying to appease, it just didn't work. They, sh- they should have just done their own thing and just gone their own designs. And I mean, they could have taken any one of Tolkien's bajillion paintings that he made and adapted those more accurately than Peter Jackson did. And then people would have been mm-hmm. like, okay, I see what you're doing. But oh, to yeah, almost he... one for one copy things from Jackson, but then clearly make some massive deviations, it seems like a weird choice to me. And also, weird how facts. much was Peter Jackson involved in this? He's not. Right. Yeah, that, that's so a big issue. It's a big issue. And, you know, funny enough, Peter Jackson at the end of the Hobbit process was spent and was, I mean, they drained him of everything. They had to shut down production. Because he didn't have any more ideas about how to end the movie. So it's like, the fact that they didn't want to bring him in on this project, I feel like it was already going to be a mismatch. Uh, yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I was saying the random uh, Tolkien fact. I was uh, scrolling through TikTok of all places. Um, <laughs> and there's this really cool rare bookstore in Utah called Moon's Books. Moon's Rare Books. And this guy has this like, great collection. He has this copy of The Lord of the Rings. And it has a letter from J.R.R. Tolkien. To, I believe, someone from Cambridge University, they'd asked him to come and speak, and he had to decline because he was, like, doing all these different things, and he just didn't have the time for it. And I I just found it fascinating. It doesn't necessarily correlate what we're talking about with, but it's Tolkien. But he said in that letter, I wasted 17 years of my life building up this world of Lord of the Rings. Kind of, like, really down on himself. It was kind of weird. But the fascinating part is, like, the guy showed off the letter. The writing was basically if you took Elvish... And made it into English, like the writing stuff. It was it was just really cool. I just yeah. anyway, I thought it was a fun little factoid. So I mean, to me, what this show kind of feels like is uh the Hannibal show in a way, mm. where um it's clearly not connected to the Silence of the Lambs, and they were planning on adapting the silence into a silence of the lambs into a, another season, but that's kind of what they're doing. I mean, if we do see them go as far as they they might and then readapt Lord of the Rings, they'll adapt it as like here's Lord of the Rings. It'll Book be three, one has two seasons. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, I didn't even think about it being broken down like that, but of course mm. it would be. Oh, yeah. Also, the fact that the second season is not being filmed in New Zealand seems weird. Really bothers me because, like, yeah. New yeah, Zealand all, is Middle Earth. You think they're just going to go to green screens and it's all going to be on? Disney I think sets? they're filming outside London, I think is where they're filming mm. the second season. Seems weird. Yeah, that's going to give it a really fake feeling. Yeah. But I mean, isn't that kind of like the the peril of the the adaptations to begin with? I mean, we have mm. what's happening with DC right now as a whole. To kind of get back on the subject is, yeah. um, DC just lost Dan Lin, and when you're in inter- when you're in an interview process, right? When you are literally like about to hire somebody, the pen's going to the paper, like everything's ready to go, and everyone, every runner up that is going, has basically been told, "Oh, we went to someone else." You don't call the runner up and say, "Hey, do you still want the gig?" Like because at that point, their egos might be like, "Well, like, you oh, it passed no you up, but yeah, you still want it." They have to find a whole new crop yeah. of people, mm-hmm. so they so they don't even get the five names they originally wanted. They maybe get two of those names. Maybe one of those people goes, "I understand," but you whichever one get... had the least amount of ego hit yeah. on this thing might be like, "Yeah, maybe I'll give you guys another look if you guys are serious, but don't hurt me again." <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's that's a really good point. That's it's anytime you're in for a job, like, and someone says no, and they're like, "Oh, actually, never mind." Like, I've had experience with that where someone's like, "Oh, well, we don't really think you you're a fit," and then later on, like, "Oh, you still want the job?" And I'm just like, "Are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, are, are you serious?" 
I wasn't the fit. Why am I a fit now? Yeah. I'm just your last resort. Don't make me the freaking pity employee. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm your silver medal. Yeah. No, thank <laughs> you. Well, I don't think they want a silver medal. They're looking for a right. gold medal, but I don't know who that person is. And I don't know who wants the job. I feel like there's a lot of great work. There's a lot of great work there, but I feel like there's some weird legacy projects. Whatever yeah. this next Wonder Woman is, whatever this next Batman movie is going to be, whatever. Well, do we even know that uh, Patty Jenkins is attached to the third one? Yeah, she's still attached to it. Okay. Yeah, but is she going to be produce? Like, is she going to be directing? No, she's still it? directing she, it. She's still doing she everything. Writing the, it. The big, the big thing is Jeff Johns is not attached to it, and that's Good. what made W uh, Wonder Woman eighty four fall through. Was that Jeff Johns wrote that movie like a modernized version of the old show, and it didn't fit the tone of the first movie. Right. At all, honestly, you you can't really connect them unless, like, except for the fact that the uh, the same actress for Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. Other than that, it's Taylor. Like, you're not allowed to play with your toys when the guests are talking. <laughs> you have to mute your microphone when you play with your toys. Oh my god, it's still doing it. I told you, you have to mute your microphone. I apologize. I usually take them away from him, but uh, but he was able to get them out of his box. <laughs> oh my gosh. What was that a toy lightsaber, Taylor? I was literally just moving it's it. His I didn't Millennium, it's his Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I don't blame you for that. Picking it up and it's still going. What is it? It's a great toy. <laughs> Good lord! Just have it hanging behind you as like a podcast prop. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're all like actual toys. Like yeah. they're all like. But ain't no, wrong um, with that. It's such a weird thing because, I mean, people are like, uh, "What about Bruce Tim? What about Bruce Tim?" I'm like, "Yeah." but he would then lose his creative ability to do whatever else he wanted to do. It's like true. Has Kevin Feige done anything in the last decade plus other than produce these things? Uh, I don't like the last batch of Jurassic Park movies. There's some fun stuff in it, but that team is now open. Who made those movies for Universal? Well, I mean, mm. Colin Tevereaux, um had a fantastic pitch for Star Wars before they cut him out of the knees. Um, I, I mean, if he's a DC fan, maybe we could hear it out, but I don't know. Because honestly, it's, it's like I said, whoever Dude. commits to this has to commit to this. Yeah, yeah. and, and I feel such like a hard sell. they don't necessarily need to be a DC fan. I want them to be a DC fan. They but if someone be. can come in there and look at this stuff with fresh eyes and and connect with what people are connected to. I mean, I think that's okay as well. I mean, I don't know. I feel like these these fanboys, the people that are on the tip of your tongue, we now have a laundry list of reasons of why they they can't do it. Yeah. So it's like, well, then this person's going to be someone that we don't know. If or, it is, if it does in fact become a guy who is not a DC person, they would have to be incredibly open minded to what people bring to him and pitch to him. Because yeah. you can't be somebody that just says no to everything because if they're not a DC guy, they don't know if it works for the brand or not. They just don't know. Uh, At the same ask. time, I, I get what Michael's saying is that if they're not a DC guy, right? Mm. If, if they're not someone who goes in there with their own internal bias, because that's the thing. is, they, Like I said before, you have to work past your internal bias. Right. Um, which is why someone like Uslan wouldn't be a good fit because he clearly does not like Snyder fans and doesn't like the Snyderverse as a whole. Mm -hmm. um chuck roven like i said he's worked on everything so i think he's got a pretty good unbiased approach but he's already getting closer to retirement age than any of the others right um you need someone who's who understands the medium who understands the characters as they are like superman is in the red and blue batman's in the darker colors one like understands them as on a base level mm -hmm. but is okay to let people explore the the nuances well i was gonna ask our dc fan down here uh 
what, you know, as a fan, what storylines would you like to see be brought to the screen? If we're thinking about like, hey, there needs to be a Batman movie, a Superman movie, another, mm-hmm. a Green Lantern movie. We're going to get Green Lantern in here, somebody else, and then this needs to culminate in a Justice League movie or Justice Society movie, whichever we mm-hmm. want to go. How, what storyline would you pitch all that into? Well, I I just want a cohesive universe. That's all I want at this point. Um, but as far as storyline, it's hard for me to say something other than like what I already know what was supposed to happen, right? Like a buildup of the Justice League, a buildup to fight with Darkseid. I think what you could do if you were to do a new storyline for Superman is maybe do something along the lines of what's happening in action comics right now where Superman goes to War World and he has the uh, the authority that goes with him and they they fight Mongol and all that. I think that could be a really interesting uh, sci-fi approach to Superman and, and give him a chance to really show multiple sides of his personality, both the very generous and, and hope-giving side as well as the brute warrior that he can be. Um, and as far as Batman is concerned, I mean, we, they just, we just need to explore Batman's rogues gallery. I yeah. feel like with all the Batman movies that we've had, we've only scratched the surface as far as live action adaptations. Well, and I get, and the, whatever the next Batman's going to be, we've had Ninja Batman. We've now mm-hmm. had mech suit Batman. It will be some other version of that. And I don't know that will dictate whatever that film is going yeah. to be. Right. Exactly. You'd have to, I think a large portion of fans really wants the type of Batman. That's more in the main continuity. I, I tend to prefer more like black label stuff or like Frank Miller. Cause that's more grounded and darker and that's more my style. But as far as like main continuity, Batman, that's kind of a safe bet. Like, Oh, make this be like more the traditional Batman with the bat cave with the bat family. Even though I'm not a huge fan of the idea of a massive bat family. The um, bat family is a universe into itself. I, like, I feel like exactly. that's the other problem. The it's gotta just the bat be family. Batman. Yeah. What because is it? like, I'm Batman. I work alone, except for when I have like my eight it, adopted. That's kids. my problem. <laughs> that Batman doesn't trust anybody, and yet he has like twenty people in his circle that works in his cave and uses equipment. That doesn't make any freaking but sense. In my time, See, actually, you have to understand to when comic books came about in the fifties, they were just trying to sell as many. I know. I, crazy, I understand. No, that. I'll say this though: the crazy thing is that the Bat Family, which we literally call the Bat Family, which sounds like something from the forties, is still as popular as it is. That True. all of those characters still pretty much hold up, with Batman being the you know the pillar the the linchpin that holds everything together. Like for me, they're all great characters alone, but I don't like, for me, I'm a big comic reader. And whenever there's a comic where all of them meet in the same room and like convene about something, I'm just like, okay, I don't like have Red Hood be on his own, be Nightwing be on his own, be Batgirl being on on her own and kind of like maybe occasionally intertwine, but not like work together on a nightly basis. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of my speed. But as far as like other stories is concerned i like the pitch that's here in the comments from michael saying kingdom come or final crisis that'd be a big order to fill you have to build up to that um yeah. quite a bit you'd have to because you think of kingdom come and final crisis and all the characters that are involved i mean oh, yeah. holy crap that's like cw efforts of like trying to get all these characters in and even then they couldn't get everybody yeah so that that's something you have to do like 20 or 30 years down the road if you even can get that together and i think dark side's too big I think whatever they fight needs to be something that like just threatens America. And then the next movie threatens the world. And then we get a little bit bigger. Listen, you can have anybody you want come and invade over, but I think it needs to be more focused. We need to like Mm. spend time with these people. Fair. Although like, I will argue that the first Avengers movie had 
armies of Loki and the Chitari trying to destroy the Earth, and then you had Ultron trying to destroy the Earth. Then you had uh, right, Thanos but Ultron is a series. But Ultron is a series of rooms. In Ultron, they go from room to room. They build Ultron a room. Then they're in that cage room. True. Then they have a conversation in a room. Then they have a dope ass fight scene under a bell in a room. That movie right. is a series <laughs> of rooms. No, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is that like. I don't necessarily agree with the idea of Darkseid being too big. I think, I think Darkseid, Darkseid is the Thanos of DC. Of course, he came before Thanos. A lot of people maybe don't know that. Um, but I think that's the perfect character to have him go up against. Either that or Brainiac. You know, Brainiac is another great villain. I personally think that whatever they do next, if, if they want to keep all of these people together, if you want to keep the, the Snyder cast mm-hmm. um, and you don't want to go Darkseid next, um, introduce the crime syndicate. Go full on multiverse and say like, oh, by I the way, here's the, the anti-Justice League from their Earth who are now trying to conquer other Earths. And then you can use that as a character point to like say, oh, these are what these characters are at their core, but if they're bad. So like you can have them look inwardly yeah. like yeah, I you could get to be do a bunch of, of you get to do a bunch of origin stories like the Spider-Man multiverse movie, the the animation one, uh, yeah. where you get to like see that moment, but then it's it's not Uncle Ben that dies, it's your mom that dies, or something like that. No, I, I like that. I think Crime Syndicate's another good way to go. Again, that does take a little build up because you have to make your core characters in order to have bad reflections yeah. of them. Was there ever um, a Batman where the mom just dies and the dad freaks out and trains him into like a child soldier, but he's got like his dad talking to him all the time? Not, no, there, there is the, cool it, it would be really cool. There's a Flashpoint one where both Martha and Bruce die. Um, and that was the cool one idea. where, yeah, 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 that's the one. That To me, that reminds, I get like, like like flashes of like somewhat part of kick ass with hit like hit girl and stuff but also like <laughs> i'm also thinking of like leon the professional in a way at the same time like that's what i yeah. imagine with that yeah. like i'm a surgeon i can show you all the pressure points but let's learn how to kill like <laughs> i like that make that a black label story jim lee let's if you're listening this. somehow like yo, please that'd yo. be great what so if martha we, we died? see dad dad goes on one mission like it builds up to him actually putting on a mask and doing something and he comes back and Bruce sees him all like bloody and stuff like that. And he's like, dad, is, is this how you're going to do it now? And he's like, no, this is, you can never, we can never do this again. I can't change the world like this. And he puts it away. 10 years later, he's crying at his funeral. Batman puts on the outfit and that's where Batman comes. I mean, any of that stuff, I just feel like, yeah, whatever you want to do with it, show us the way and then make that mm-hmm. thing real. Shut up and take my money. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I will say though when it comes to like the problem that dc has as far as building up their universe is that in order to do a lot of these big stories justice like kingdom come or final crisis or stuff you know anything with anti-monitor or dark side or anything you need to establish your characters and you, the characters they already have like jace momoa he's in getting to his 40s isn't he you yeah. know gal, gal gadot's in her 30s ben affleck's in his 40s Henry Cavill's getting into his 40s, right? You have your core Justice League members getting up there in age in order to build up to something. By the time they get to it in a 10-year plan, they're in their 40s and 50s, right? And they can still, like, look young-ish, but, like, there's only so much you can build to. So the problem they have is, do you build up? We have to get all new people. You you really do. And that's probably part of this. You can't work on any projects. They need to cast 70 people. They need to get, I mean, what, like, yeah. what is like, right. It's 10 people, a movie, right. The Marvel method is the lead of the movie, a veteran actor, another like famous person. And then like a couple supporting people, 
right? So it's like 10 people a movie. They need mm-hmm. to do three or four of these. That's like 70 people you got to cast for Also, this like, you can't just jump to that right away because, you know, Jason Momoa's got a lot of fans. Gal Gadot's a lot of, got a lot of fans. Even Batfleck and Henry Cavill, they have fans for their specific versions of their characters. So you can't just immediately jump ship because you're going to make the people who are fans of those versions bitter. So you have to make a transitionary period to like, okay, well, this is the new Superman. This is the new Batman. These guys have, you know done their work with these characters as far as they can go sounds like you're talking about flash reshoots yeah (laughs) because i think you're i think that's i think that's what it is i think you're you know it's funny is you know discovery is here to pinch every penny they can get and they're not Mm. here to piss off the fans that supported these things they were Mm. absolutely hear you and want to have this transition period and it'll be interesting to see how they transition away or if we see other universes or if we see superboy become superman you know i don't know but i know Mm. you know you're right they gotta get another batch of people in there yeah and slowly transition into not piss people off because again they already have a divided fan base as it is you can't do it even more so i think with this this latest stumbling block that that we've just had by losing dan lane i think what they need to do at this point is um because they can't just sit around and wait right right as soon as they hire somebody that's when the timer starts and then like you said, everything escalates from there. Mm-hmm. What they need to do in the meantime is keep people happy with temporary projects until they get the person in to do the 10-year plan. Taylor, yeah. is the quiet part that they can't say out loud, but behind closed doors they go, man, we really shit the bed with Zack Snyder. And Zack Snyder had all of this image and knew what could tell you the next two Three movies he's going to set up. He set up three movies at the end of the Justice League movie that we yeah. write at the Any end of, of them with a brain is thinking that. They're like, oh, they're probably thinking. Like- they're probably thinking right now, hey, maybe what we should do, since we can't get a new person in charge, we can't get that ball rolling, we can't, like, we have to either reboot Finish everything. off these legacy projects. What if, why don't we just get Zach to come in, finish his story, buy ourselves a few years, and then once that's done, then we do it. Like to me, that that's what makes the most sense. Because we're sitting here going back and forth. Of who has a vision? Who has somebody that can plot all these together? Oh, the last guy who did it. And, and you know what really ticks me off is it. that when the Snyder Cut came out, I, I sat there and I watched and I was like, you know what? This would be because again, it was during the pandemic when we got it right. Yep. Nobody was making anything, and if they were, the there was world a lot of... was gloomy. The movies in black and white. It yeah, really I mean, feels good. Well, it's like. A lot of people weren't working on films, so I saw it that moment, and a lot of people did, as a situation where DC was like, okay, we've been struggling, but we got something out there that people are really liking. Let's use this as a jump-starting point. And I think at this point, DC is past the point where they can take advantage of that. Yeah. Because I thought that was that was the pinnacle moment. That's where they – that was the decision time of, okay, do we That's see this or not? That's they should have done it. Exactly. The business side of things, you look at it, you see all the people that are wanting the Snyderverse restored. You should have just brought it back, finished out the story, and then continue on. But, of course, bitterness is a thing and pride is a thing. And, again, like you said, there was one person who had a vision and has a direction for it. And they're like, mm, I don't know. And casted about 70 people. <laughs> How many people, if we put all together those movies, how many people make up all those casts? It's about 70 people, mm-hmm. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And I think what, what comes down to, say, say at the end of the year, say Black Adam is a massive success. Obviously, right. it's going to get a sequel. Say Shazam 2 is a massive success. It gets its sequel. Say Aquaman 2 is a massive success. It gets its sequel. Say The Flash is a massive success. Somehow. It gets its sequel. I think it's, I think it's going to be, honestly. I, because 
um, despite the fact that there's all that drama that we see on, on the Twitter and on the social medias and all this stuff, mm. the reality is that most people on the streets have no idea about any of it. True. Not not a thing. And We are so plugged into this world of yeah. dropping news stories. Most people are unaware. Now, for good and for bad, because the bad of it is they go, isn't Ezra Miller that child groomer? Which is not true, but unfortunately... That's, that's the what... stigma against him. Yeah. Right. But it's going to come out People are going to love it to pieces and they're going to be like, we want more. And so what they can do, what they can do right now is obviously they have Alan Horn. Who's there. I mean, they have Alan Horn. That's there. Who is clearly overseeing some things and he's got all those connections mm-hmm. and he knows let's continue this stuff. They move forward with just continuing those sequels. Mm-hmm. And then when they get the new guy coming in, then they, wipe the slate clean with a proper flashpoint movie where they reset everything properly any chance the new guy's ben affleck (laughs) i don't think so i think he was so burned from the previous time he was there that there's no way he'd do it i mean ben's ben's back is batman for as long as they want him to be it Mm -hmm. sounds like that's what the the word on the street is but the reality is that ben is pushing 50 yeah (laughs) And uh, he's we'll with J Lo, so like it's not. He's just like kind of living life right now. I don't know. I mean, he's living with Vita Loca. I totally having agree with you. been married to a Latina woman. They age you faster than normal. <laughs> so, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But no, the the reality is, um, oh man, is what it is. Is what it is. But um, I think the reality is that this cast is getting older, and if they want to use them, yeah. they have to use them now. And then once they're once the story is done, they should wrap the story. And then wrap that universe with the yeah, story. The more like, they drag their feet on using these characters and actors, the harder of a problem it's going to be because they're eventually, you know, like, you know, Henry Cavill's doing his own things. He's doing a lot of different things. He's rumored to be even in the MCU at some point. I don't know how true that is, but like, there's a lot of stuff going around with him. He's going to be doing MCU the MCU is going to be so massive. He is absolutely mm-hmm. going to get there. Yeah. Look at people right now who you think will never get there. They will get there because they're making a five of these movies a year and it's like i can't believe the people that they're getting for these movies now yeah and you know what you know what would be really hilarious is um oh gosh hold on i just had it who were we just talking about who were we just talking henry about cavill. Henry, cavill. henry cavill if they cast him as sentry in the mcu the, the rumors that the biggest middle finger appearing that would be people's heads and stuff like that. That would be the biggest middle <laughs> finger to Warner Brothers. It really would. Like, you know, you wouldn't let me play Superman. I'll play Superman over here. Oh, yeah, I'll play the Marvel's so crazy it's, Superman. Yeah. yeah. Basically, Homelander light. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, p- people who've read the comics, they know Sentry was like, okay, Sentry's cool. Then he goes bad. Yeah. And he be- essentially becomes Homelander. The guy right. playing Homelander's only got two more seasons of that show. He'll be in the MCU. I mean, could he? Yeah. He looks like a great uh, Johnny Storm to me. Maybe a little too old, but I don't know. I can yeah, watch him bit. be smug. I could see him being Dr. Doom, although I did see, see someone suggest Ooh. that maybe Henry Cavill could be Dr. Doom, which I could see that too. That'd be interesting. Is, is Henry Cavill too tall? How tall is Dr. Doom? Dr. Doom's a menacing figure. I mean, Doctor Doom is as tall. Please as Please don't want refer to, to tall people as menacing figure. They are normal human beings. Okay, they're. Just hey, I'm six foot five, and I'm not menacing. I'm talking okay? about seven foot one at <laughs> least, at least. <laughs> but no, I think like like the kind of the bottom line is that so Dan Lin didn't work out. Mm-hmm. The the one yard line it failed, which sucks. 
but then it also means that it massively set back their plans because this was the person they put their their plans in. Mm-hmm. So whatever they do, either they continue what they're doing right now with whoever's in charge, they can just continue it. They hire someone intern, basically say, okay, uh, you're going to just make sure that this next transition goes smoothly. And then at that point, if they, once they, they do have some, once they have that 10 year plan forward, they have to just recast and start fresh. Cause there's no way it would work otherwise. Yeah. Here's two names that uh, my good friend Frank mentioned, Kevin Smith and Gio Oliva. I, I don't see Gio Oliva. He's, I think he's too content with the animation stuff. Yeah. Kevin Smith, though, I think would be intrigued by it. Um, it's so, yeah, and I, I don't know. Kevin Smith has a weird – people have a weird issue with Kevin Smith and fandom. You know, I'm part mm-hmm. of it. He is the fanboy that got to do everything, yeah. yet people feel – you know, he's had running comic books and some to success and other people don't like it. So, yeah, he I also the issue with the the uh, He-Man or I guess the uh, Masters of the Universe show. I don't a lot of flack with that. And, and that to me, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit on that one. That to me is the stupidest controversy because I loved Masters of the Universe Revelation. I thought it was fantastic. I like the first part. I haven't seen the second part yet, unfortunately. Okay, if you saw the first part and you liked the first part, watch the second part because the second part is when everything is like, Oh my God, this is what we should have had the first time. Because yeah. this is literally when people were bitching about the first part, like, Oh, why did they do this? Why did they do this? I'm like, just let him tell the story because it's, he's going to stick the landing. And he stuck the landing so hard that mm-hmm. I was like, yes. I was like so happy with how they landed that season. Cause that second half so good. It was like, I mean, mind you, Michael, you've known me most, almost our entire lives at this point. He-Man was always a huge thing in my family. Like, my dad mm-hmm. loved He-Man. I sat him down, and my dad is, like, he's, like, very anti, like, I don't like when they change things to make things fit for political agenda. Like, he's very much, like, almost a step away from becoming Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino. Like, he's right there. <laughs> and I sat him down, and we binged He-Man, Master uh, uh, of the Universe Revelation. We binged it, and he was yeah. sitting there like this the whole time, watching it. He saw when He-Man, like, died and everything. He saw that. He's like, Okay. Okay, and I'm like, he's gonna get pissed. I'm like, okay, okay. And now Tila's the main character. He's like, okay, okay. And he was just sitting there like stoic mm-hmm. the whole time. And then when he finally ended it, he was like, they're making another season, right? That was amazing. And I'm like, okay, well, if we give his approval, let's let's give Kevin Smith, give me more. And now that they're doing another season, and they're actually, um, was it Hodok? Hodok? Like that's who they teased yeah. at the very end. Like yeah. they're like, this is what we're doing. And I'm like. Shut up and take my money. Come on, Kevin Smith. <laughs> Give me more of this He-Man because this was awesome. Yeah. So, yes, if you liked the first half, if you actually liked the first half, the second half is going to win you over so hard. I don't know why I still haven't watched it. I, I meant to as soon as it came out. but just You can get through it in out. like two hours. Just I know I could. I know I I, I just I, – no. I do a lot of different projects and I get distracted. I'm the same <laughs> way. I've got – I like know it's streaming. I see it. I go, oh, there it is. And then I click on something else every time. So It I took me so long to get to get through Sandman even though I loved it. But because just I was doing other things, you know. And so it's – everybody else is watching all these shows. And I'm just sitting here like I'm so freaking far behind. It's like <laughs> insane. Well, no, like it's it's a funny thing, but um, I think that's kind of where I mean where we should honestly wrap it. I mean, we kind of we've gotten so many tangents, but the reality is, I think the bottom line that we all agreed with is Dan Lin leaving sucks. How far? Yeah, and how far down? This pushes things back six months at least, minimum. Yeah, minimum, minimum. right? Like minimum. Even if they sign somebody next week, nothing happens overnight. Right. Yeah. Okay. Unless they have someone who walks in with like powerpoints and. 
and like posters and like this is my plan right. like even if they have like scripts stashed away like they still would have to go back through them they'd have to hire writers to go through yeah. things and make it fit into one cohesive vision yeah. like yeah you'd have to do so much work that you just yeah. cannot do in a short amount of time yeah and, and that's the thing is like it puts them back at square one which sucks but it is what it is mm-hmm. um and whoever they get god i hope i wish them luck because at this point um the fans are now so volatile and so divided that there's you're gonna piss off somebody there's no neutral figure in any of this at this point so whatever they pull off i mean dan lynn was almost the most neutral person you could find and then someone found a snippet of him saying making a joke about the bots comment and then everyone's like oh he's the devil let's let's burn him at the stake there was even another twitter page suggesting that he called Zack snyder the c-word and i'm just like didn't no way that wasn't real There's no way that he said that about a fellow creative. The guy literally said, the tweet was like, I have it on good authority that he called Zack Snyder this. I'm like, then why are you the only person saying it? Exactly. I saw it. I was like, there's no way. This is just to stoke the fire. Knock everything over. This is stupid. Flip the tables. Um, (laughs) But no, I think in the meantime, they should bring back Zack Snyder to finish his story, buy us a few years. And then at that point. Uh, it's so true. They can literally just give him three movies and he'll wrap all this stuff up and then you can get somebody else to get a whole new cast. He'll kill him off for you. He's got people. He loves doing that stuff. He'll do yeah. it all. Yeah. He's like, Jimmy Olsen, good. Kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we already know in his vision that Wonder Woman and Aquaman would die. We we know that Shazam's yeah. nowhere to be seen. Like, yeah. we know a lot of people died. And then we know that after How all that happens, they does... jump back in time and redo it all. And then the redoing timeline, Batman dies. So, How does Aquaman power work? When Aquaman dies, does the Highlander soul go into another Aquaman? Yeah, and no, what the makes him takes Aquaman? over Mira and she gets struck by lightning and absorbs his essence. Does she kill all the other mermen <laughs> because the lightning be kills everyone in the water? <laughs> oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> okay. okay. But no, uh, bottom line, this is actually a pretty crappy situation. Because it, the, in the 11th hour, crap hit the fan. We lost uh, the closest thing we had to anything cohesive in a very long time. They have to start fresh. And it's just going to cost them more money at this point. And it's going to be just a mess. another day of being a DC fan, folks. I mean, <laughs> that's what we're used to, right? I feel bad that every day is like the end of uh, return, Expect disappointment uh, and you will never be disappointed. Bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining us. If you want to support what we do and you love what we do, uh, head over to patreon.com slash the culture nerd support us on any one of the tiers um anything that you can help us with uh it goes a long way so and uh thank you those who are supporting us currently uh we have a handful of people that do uh support us they 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 always text me they send me messages they always ask thousands of questions and it, it's it's awesome I, I love interacting with everybody uh i've been your host taylor murphy my co-host michael Santel, my longtime friend of 30 plus years and for all the haters, he's not going anywhere. So stop telling me to find a new co-host. You all can suck it. He is not going anywhere. Um, thank you again, Dawson, for coming on. Uh, you're welcome anytime. That was a load of fun. And uh, thank you for joining us. If you're on your TV, scan that QR code. If you're at home and listening to it on Spotify, then there's got to be a link somewhere that you can find our, our main hub of links. But uh, thank you all for joining us. Have yourself a good night. Peace. Bye, everyone. Bye, Dawson.